you're listening to Live with Lija. I'm your host, Lija, duh. I'm a lawyer and YouTuber, and I keep you up to date with a zero BS take on the news every Thursday morning at 10.30 a.m. Central, live on YouTube. And then I post that audio here for you as a podcast so you can listen on the go, you busy fucking bee. Enjoy. Hello. Good morning. Oh, my God showing you my headlines before I was ready. Hi, good morning. Happy Thursday. Hi. Oh, look at this. I see you guys are talking about weather in the comments. I'm entering my humid era. She has body. She has body, but also just a little poof. That's all right. Hi, welcome. So happy you're here. So happy you're here. We got a lot to talk about today, okay? Today's news, it feels like utter chaos. There are just some some news days where I'm like, there's so much. And then there's other news days where I'm like, this is all boring. But like, I feel like we all have entered a chaos era for the United States. <sighs> entered. We've been here, baby. It just feels particularly chaotic this week for some reason. I hope you're doing well. I'm sorry that there's no pup cam. Um <clears throat> I'm in a mood (laughs) today. And so I have kicked everyone out of my office and I will not be speaking to anyone or leaving my office for the rest of the day. I'm speaking to you, but I'm still technically physically alone and that's all right. You know, you have those days where I'm just like overstimulated and I just need, mama needs some alone time. All right. So Moira's on a walk right now because my partner was kind enough to be like, Noted. See ya. And now I have quiet time. Thank God. So um, that's why there's no puppy. That is my long-winded explanation. However, last night Moira graduated from level 1.5 obedience class. She did a little, we were for fun, just did a little obstacle course, like one of those agility courses that you can do. Um, she did great. I'm going to post it over on my Patreon later today because it's really freaking cute and I'm a proud mom and I want to show her off because she did really good. Um, and the teacher said that she's very well behaved for an adolescent bulldog because apparently bulldogs don't really emotionally mature until they're like four. Um, which is why we're in level 1.5 class, which is the emotional control class where she learns to control her emotions. So uh, that's great. Proud mother. Proud mother. Um, she did get out yesterday accidentally, like escaped escaped the house and I had to chase her down, which is my worst fear. And it will give me fodder for nightmares for the next month or so. This is why I can't have human children because the level of anxiety I have about a dog indicates to me that I'm not emotionally equipped, plus many other reasons. All right. I'm also working on being better about this live stream and like using it for other purposes, Um, like repurposing it into a podcast. I was doing that for a while because I know some people just want to listen instead of watch, but they don't have time to watch. Um, Miss that. I... I'm changing who hosts my podcast, so I need to move it all over, and I've just been dragging my feet, so I just haven't been doing it at all, and I'm sorry. I've been a little distracted and lazy, and I'm going to try to stop that and focus on doing what I like to do, which is be a content creator, so let me create some goddamn content. Why don't I? You know what I mean? Um... So I'm working on that and I'm working on updating my Patreon because I've also been dragging my feet over on Patreon. So if you're a supporter, thank you so much for your patience. And I'm so sorry that I have been um, a little absent. I'm trying to improve that and figure out ways that I can show up consistently that won't also burn me out. All right. Great. I think those are all my updates. Those are all my updates. Let me see if you have any questions. Oh, great. You'd like to do both listen and watch. Awesome. Yes. Making shorts. That's another thing. YouTube shorts are hard because you can only make them one minute long. And like, what can one fit in a single minute? You know what I mean? But yeah, you just joined. Thank you for joining. I'm going to get my act together in there. And I appreciate all of your support. 
Oh, I get it. Ha 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 ha. Watch and listen. That's good. That's good. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Moira, a woman with a degree. All right. Okay. All right. Let's everyone focus in. Okay. Let's get to the let's get to the headlines. First, we'll start with what you're all here for. Montana has banned TikTok. Great. Let's take a look at this little article. So the governor of Montana, Greg Gianforte, seen here in front of this spooky but very Montana-looking painting. Uh, he signed a bill on Wednesday. That's yesterday. It's currently Thursday, in case you're confused. Um, he signed it yesterday to ban TikTok from operating inside of Montana, which is the most extreme prohibition of the app in our country and uh, one that will almost certainly be challenged in court. Fun. The ban will take effect on January 1st as of right now. But if it's challenged in court, that could change. Okay. Uh, he said, today, Montana takes the most decisive action of any state to protect Montanans' private data and sensitive personal information from being harvested by the Chinese Communist Party. To protect Montanans' personal and private data from the Chinese Communist Party, I have banned TikTok in Montana. Cool. Like, I know China has a really questionable data and human rights practices. I'm not questioning that they probably want to tamper with our people and our elections if they could do that covertly. But this feels more about communism than about data privacy in the end. Like we're still using our rhetoric of like the red scare. Like we got to protect ourselves from the commies. Like U.S. companies have also proven to be very untrustworthy with our data. I don't think political formation has much to do with it. You know what I mean? And I also never understand why America and Americans are so obsessed with communism. Like all my TikTok reaction videos, there's always someone screaming about commies. It's just kind of an ongoing joke to like call someone a commie. There's this guy that I went with to, to college with who was a dick. He was a Republican at Vassar College was just like, how did you get here? Who let you in? And we would have debates and I would be fucking better at him than it because at it because he was dumb. And so he would just resort to calling me a commie. Like when I made a good point, he'd be like, all right, commie. Um, anyway, so that's a, an idea I'm going to write down for a new video. Why are Americans so obsessed with communism? So stay tuned. I will get back to you on that. Uh, so TikTok, which says it has 7,000 employees in the United States, has been fighting back in Montana for months. It's run ads featuring Montana small businesses that use TikTok and given pre-written emails to users so they could contact Mr. Gianforte about the opposing the bill, which is pretty smart. That's pretty smart. All right. You got conservatives who love small businesses, allegedly, though they don't do a lot to support them sometimes. Um, and they're featuring them. Because they do use TikTok and small businesses can really flourish via the use of TikTok. The legislation prohibits mobile app stores like those run by Apple and Google from offering TikTok within the state. A trade group funded by Apple and Google has said in recent months that it is impossible for the companies to prevent access to TikTok in a single state. Because it's the internet. People find ways around things. You ever heard of a VPN? You know, like there's only so much... That can be done. And then what happens to people who like cross over into Montana from a different state? There are ways you can build like geo walls and like firewalls and things like that for people entering in a physical space. But like, I don't know, man, it's complicated. It's really complicated in the United States when one state passes a really restrictive bill because then companies have to figure out how to conform to all the state laws and federal laws because sometimes with the internet you can't in like state individually conform to laws so you have to just as a blanket conform so that's why you see all the like cookie policy pop-ups now because the in europe they passed the gdpr and in california they passed uh, an equivalent to the gdpr that i can't remember the name of that requires disclosure of like uh, cookies and data collection and stuff. So now every website just does it because 
in order to conform to the most restrictive laws. They just blanket do it for everyone. So similarly, banning this in one state, it's questionable how effective it's going to be. Governor Gianforte has signed a bill that infringes on the First Amendment rights of the people of Montana by unlawfully banning TikTok, a platform that empowers hundreds of thousands of people across the state, says a spokesperson for TikTok. Montanans, she added, can keep using the app as we continue working to defend the rights of our users inside and outside of Montana. So I don't know if they're going to somehow figure out a way to, like, disable TikTok in the state. I don't know if that's possible. I'm not techie enough, but... As, as far as I know, as long as it's downloaded onto your phone, their ability to control your access to it seems questionable. It's just if you haven't downloaded it yet, you won't be able to after January 1st. So I guess now's your chance. Download that app. <laughs> Under the legislation, TikTok could face fines if it continues operating the state, as could Apple and Google if they allow people to download the app. Which... Okay, TikTok could face fines. How are they going to know? You know, with the internet, it's hard to prove a lot of things. So I could see TikTok being like, okay, prove it. Prove we're operating there. Prove that we are willfully operating there. I dare you. The battle in Montana erupted during a period of intense national scrutiny on TikTok, which boasts more than 150 million U.S. users. Lawmakers and intelligence officials have said TikTok, because of its ownership, could put sensitive user data into the hands of the Chinese government, pointing to laws that allow Beijing to secretly demand data from Chinese companies and citizens, blah, blah, blah. They've also expressed concern that the app, which is especially popular with teenagers and people in their 20s, could be used to spread propaganda. Congress grilled Xiao Chu. TikTok's chief executive for roughly five hours at a March hearing that focused largely on the app's Chinese ownership. And that congressional hearing, I remember reading like pundits were initially like, wow, he is blowing it. But honestly, like, I think it was great PR for TikTok based on the reactions I've seen on TikTok. Like, it made our Congress into a laughing stock. If it wasn't already, it certainly was after that TikTok fiasco in the eyes of anyone under 40. Like the way that these Congress people were asking the most asinine fucking questions about the basic functionings of like Wi-Fi. <laughs> it was laughable. It was laughable. So honestly, and, and Xiao Chu, he seemed like poised and respectful if befuddled by their questions which i think made tiktok look really good because his reaction to it was like similar to our reaction to it watching but he was like graceful about it so i think i think it was a good pr move for tiktok frankly we're still laughing about it there's still have you seen that one guy on tiktok who wears his glasses like this and talks like this and asks questions and then it's just like yes or no you seen that guy He's got like a 50-part series just making fun of this one hearing <laughs> and has probably gained like a million followers because of it. Like it's 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 a laughing stock that we're still laughing at. Also, let's see, did I have oh yeah, free speech groups were quick to respond to the Montana ban. The American Civil Liberties Union said on Wednesday that the legislation flouts the First Amendment. The government cannot impose a total ban on a communications platform like TikTok unless it's necessary to prevent extremely serious immediate harm to national security. But there's no public evidence of harm that would meet the high bar set by the U.S. and Montana constitutions. And a total ban would not be the only option for addressing such harm if it did exist. Basically, we are very careful to limit freedom of speech in this country. Freedom of speech is not absolute, which is something I scream about all the time. Um, but we are very careful not to overly limit it. So there is a very narrow set of circumstances in which we can narrow free speech. And they're talking about if it's necessary to prevent extremely serious immediate harm to national security, um, and if there is not any other options that could address the harm. So was this really necessary? And was this the only option? Probably not. A court of law I'm certain we'll figure that out because I'm certain they will be challenging this in a court of law. The Montana bill says the ban will be void if TikTok is acquired by or sold to a company that is not incorporated in a country designated as a foreign adversary. So they're like, TikTok, here's the bill. But if you sell to a non-foreign adversary, then we won't ban you. But like, okay, we interact with companies 
incorporated in designated foreign adversaries all the time, every day. And yes, TikTok has more access to our behavioral data through like through our actions on the app, but we're giving out our addresses, our phone numbers. We're buying incredibly personal shit from China all the live long day. Okay. So tell me what China's really going to learn when it finds out that 55% of my for you page is just Pedro Pascal thirst montages. What, what are they going to do with that information? Huh? What are they going to do with that? Our simulation is broken. Yeah, our data is everywhere. Our data is simply floating. If you are a human that exists on the internet in any capacity, our data is floating. And I mean any capacity. My 70-year-old mother, hi, mom, she watches these, hi, uh, she is very afraid of computers. You know I'm right. Um, and her personal information is still out there. So. That's that. That's all I got to say. It's stupid. It's stupid, okay? That's the takeaway. This is my highly intellectual takeaway. Dumb. Dumb. All right, that's all I had to say. Moving on, Texas. Hey. Texas continues to prove uninhabitable for most humans as they have banned transgender medical care for children. They voted on Wednesday to approve a bill banning hormone and puberty blocking treatments as well as surgeries for transgender children. The state is poised to become the largest state to ban transitional medical care for minors. The final version of the bill included a limited exemption for those transgender children who were already receiving medical treatment before the bill's passage, though it also requires those patients to wean themselves off the medications over an unspecified period of time. And this is why we shouldn't have legislators stepping in and dictating our medical treatment. Because they do things like say, you got to wean, I don't know, stop using that. And if you are, just wean yourself off over an unspecified period of time. It's probably fine. It's definitely better to do that than to stay on it. Like, hello? The bill would prohibit a doctor from performing mastectomies or surgeries that would sterilize a child or remove otherwise healthy tissue or body parts, which like, that opens up a huge treasure trove of complications if it's banning their ability to sterilize a child or remove otherwise healthy tissue or body parts. Like, wh where's the line around what medical treatments that falls under? You know what I mean? Or from prescribing drugs that would induce transient or permanent infertility. It now heads to the governor's desk. And what does transient or permanent infertility mean? Does the a birth control pill create transient infertility? I don't know. Because these are not medical professionals who are writing these fucking things and dictating how people are allowed to receive medical care. On Wednesday, the state house voted to advance a measure. Oh, this is another one. So they're, they're cracking down on the trans kids and people. Wednesday, the state house voted to advance a measure requiring athletes in public colleges to compete based on the sex inscribed on their birth certificate at the time of their birth. Which is so, like, you wouldn't do that with any other person besides a trans person because what's inscribed on your birth certificate at the time of your birth, like, doesn't, isn't permanent. My name that was transcribed on inscribed on my birth certificate at the time of my birth, not the same name that I have now for various reasons that we won't get into because it's a long story. Um, my father <laughs> originally recorded on my birth certificate at the time of my birth is no longer the father that appears on my birth certificate because things like adoptions happen, etc. A birth certificate is not like etched in stone and unchangeable, which is why we allow people to change the information 
on their birth certificate. Is that all I had to say about that? Ugh. These poor people. The bill heads to the governor's desk. His office declined to comment on the legislation this week. It would go into effect on September 1st. Mmm, love this for us. So, let's see. Okay. Um, elsewhere, in fucking crazy town, in this hellhole of a country, DeSantis continues to be a stupid little butthole. There he is. Like, that's a, that, that's a nerdy guy. That guy has never had a way with ladies. Just look at that face. Heavens to Betsy. All right. On Wednesday, that's yesterday, it's still Thursday, uh, Mr. DeSantis signed a slew of measures that hit all the culture clash notes his base has rewarded him for, including bills banning gender transition care for minors, preventing children from attending adult live performances like drag shows and restricting the use of preferred pronouns in schools. Like, I feel like draconian doesn't even begin to describe what's happening in Florida. We need to let our kids just be kids, Mr. DeSantis said at a Christian school in Tampa. What we've said in Florida is we are going to remain a refuge of sanity and a citadel of normalcy. We just want our kids, we just want to let our kids just be kids. So we're going to legislate the shit out of what they can and can't do. Just so that, just so that they can be kids. Just so that they can be kids. We got to let kids be kids by legislating them and their bodies and what they do with them. We got to let kids be kids. So he signed these things during this like ceremony. This was like this big ceremony that he held. I always, I always look at the people standing behind these assholes and I'm like, what happened to you guys in your lives to make you okay with this? So it's these big ceremonies um, and the ceremonies, which he hosts in his official capacity as governor, allow Mr. DeSantis to promote his political message in settings that he carefully stage manages as a veritable MC, calling up additional speakers and then thanking them for their contributions. These events sometimes take on the feel of political rallies because he hasn't announced he's running for president in 2024, but he like is. We all know it. On Monday, his signing of a bill defunding diversity and equity programs at public colleges and universities drew a robust round of news coverage as well as loud protesters. It's just the lengths this man will go to for more power and more control is just, you want the link for this one? It's just shocking. Uh, let's see. I should, I should really be linking to all of the articles that I'm pulling from. Listen, one step at a time. Yeah, Florida and Texas are competing for worst state in the U.S. It's, it's dizzying how, yes, it's dizzying how absurd, how absurd it is. Yeah, the drag shows. Trixie, Tracy Martell released a video recently talking about it that I thought was really insightful, like talking about drag show bands as a drag artist. And I think she, she talked a lot about how, like, not all drag is for children, but some drag is for children, much like not all movies are for children, but we don't ban movies. You know? It's dumb. It's dumb. 2016 part eight. Yes, this is what we are entering into. And I'm tired. I'm tired. 
she says as she drinks decaf coffee because my cortisol levels are too high to drink regular caffeinated coffee. Get me out of this fucking country. Okay. Um, sorry, that was a brief, a brief entry into the get me out of here section of this show. Um, but next we're careening into the abortion portion of the show. Yes, we are. So South Carolina, the legislature, they cannot agree on how long a woman should be allowed to be pregnant before getting an abortion. In North Carolina, they just passed a bill very quickly banning abortion after six or sorry, in North Carolina. So they're having. Sorry, my notes are just like really fucked up. Okay, South Carolina, the House just passed a bill banning abortion after six weeks but they can't come to an agreement that was the house okay of south carolina so right now because they haven't managed to reach an agreement uh abortion is still legal at 22 weeks in south carolina um which has made it kind of a bastion of the south which obviously angers conservative lawmakers who are really trying to push this six-week ban. So the South Carolina House of Representatives approved a ban on most abortions after six weeks of pregnancy on Tuesday night, setting up a repeat fight in a red state that's become an unexpected battleground over abortion. There's a lot of debate, blah, blah, blah. Because the House amended a bill passed earlier by the Senate, the bill now goes <clears throat> back to the Senate for another vote. <clears throat> most Southern states have passed abortion bans since the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade last June which it's somehow been a year. That feels wrong, but okay. But because the South Carolina legislature has not been able to agree <clears throat> on a terms of the ban, sorry. <coughs> Hello. The state still allows abortion up to 22 weeks of pregnancy. Abortion providers say this makes the state a crucial access point for women in other Southern states, especially since North Carolina this week passed a bill a law banning most abortions after 12 weeks. And that law went through fast. It was like two weeks from introduction to becoming law. <clears throat> In South Carolina, the bill will test a South Carolina Supreme Court ruling from January, which found that a right to abortion in the state constitution exists and it struck down a previous six-week ban. So, they, so the Supreme Court of South Carolina already said, hey, nope, six-week ban, nah. Nope, because our constitution. However, that opinion was written by the court's only female justice who retired shortly after and was replaced with a man who was supported by the Conservative Freedom Caucus in the House, meaning that now the South Carolina Supreme Court is made up of only men, just men, and Republicans are hoping that the new court will overturn the abortion decision, allowing a stricter ban. Okay, and like, what does it say about the rule of law in this country that we are at a point that partisanship in judges is so obvious, accepted, and expected that all you have to do is just wait till the right judge is placed on the bench in order to get your issue through? Like, all right, that lady held it up, but she's out now, so this new conservative guy's in, so let's just try again because we know he's conservative. <clears throat> That's fucked up. That's not supposed to happen. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how judges are supposed to exist. That's not how the rule of law is supposed to work. In case you're unclear on that, it's supposed to be unbiased. Humans, I submit and submit regularly, are incapable of not being biased. Therefore, the entire concept of unbiased judges is faulty in itself. However, the obviousness with which judges have begun to act in extremely partisan and activist-like ways is disconcerting, to say the least. Disconcerting, to say the least. Correct. I thought the judiciary was supposed to maintain an apolitical standard so they could, you know, judge the legislature. You know, that pesky little separation of powers thing nah yeah hashtag hashtag get me out of here yeah that's that 
that's that. In other news, remember this kid? This kid? What's his name? Jack T. I was saying Tihara on the news this morning. They were saying Tishara. I don't know. Anyway, apparently he was caught twice before he leaked these documents. On two different occasions, he was caught accessing information that he wasn't supposed to be accessing. But his superiors saw him do it, slapped him on the wrist, and was like, stop! Uh, and that's all that happened. Um, Air Force officials caught Airman Jack Tihara taking notes and conducting deep dive searches for classified material months before he was charged with leaking a vast trove of government secrets, but did not remove him from his job or downgrade his security clearance. <sighs> His superiors in the Massachusetts Air National Guard admonished him after reports that he had taken concerning actions while handling classified information, blah, blah, blah. The Airman superiors ordered him to cease and desist any deep dives into classified intelligence information, although it's not clear how or if they enforce that directive. Sick. Not only was Airman Tishera allowed to remain in his job, he seems to have retained his top-secret security clearance, but he was subsequently given the second of two certificates after completing training intended to prevent the unauthorized disclosure of classified information. He completed it in March. In their filing, prosecutors cited those trainings as evidence that Airman Tishera, 21, knowingly violated the law despite being well aware of his obligations and could not be trusted for least. Like, that's pretty damning evidence. Like, that's pretty damning evidence that he knew exactly what he was doing. He took an, he got a certificate of completion for an unauthorized disclosure of classified information class. I don't know how much more clear you can get. Two of Airmen Tichera's superiors at the 102nd Intelligence Wing on Cape Cod have been suspended pending completion of an internal investigation by the Air Force Inspector General. The government also introduced previously undisclosed Discord posts, including one from December 2022, in which he bragged about violating or breaking a ton of UD regs, a reference to unauthorized disclosure, but said he did not care what they say I can or can't share. Like, this just sounds like a 21-year-old with an ego problem. <clears throat> A Times investigation revealed that he was fixated on weapons, mass shootings, and shadowy conspiracy theories, even as he relished the respectability and access to intelligence he gained through his military service and top-secret clearance, he seethed with contempt about the government, accusing the United States of a host of secret nefarious activities, making biological and chemical weapons in Ukrainian labs, creating the Islamic State, creating the Islamic State, even orchestrating mass shootings, the FBI and other three-letter agencies contact these unhinged, mentally ill kids and convince them to do mass shootings, he wrote in an online chat group. Which, frankly, is tracks with all the, the alt-right TikToks that I've watched and reacted to on my other channel. <clears throat> I've, I've heard this before. He's, he's certainly drinking the, the Kool-Aid over there. So... That's the state of youth in America. <laughs> his lawyers are saying he's just a dumb kid. He's only 21. He didn't know better. He was just showing off to his friends. Boys will be boys. Am I right? So unclear how that defense will hold up in court. Yeah, TikTok, TikTok brain broken. Question for Americans, why do your certifications and awards look like that? Because they're not real. Some person just made that in Microsoft Word. I bet. I bet there's a little, a, a little like a template you can download and you just type it in. Didn't even bother to change the font from Arial size 12. <laughs> Maybe a little, maybe Calibri, who knows? And that's that. Yeah, they asked Clippy to do it. Just the, the little paper clip on the side. They were like, hey, make, make an award. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. In other depressing news, let's go on over to Climate Corner. Hmm. <laughs> Heat will likely soar to record levels in next five years. <laughs> so the record for Earth's hottest year was set in 2016. 
according to this new report, there is a 98% chance that at least one of the next five years will exceed that, while the average from 2023 to 27 will almost certainly be the warmest for a five-year period ever recorded. Cool. This organization reported that there is also a two-thirds chance that one of the next five years could be 1.5 degrees Celsius, or 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, hotter than the 19th century average. That does not mean that the world will have officially breached the aspirational goal in the Paris Climate Agreement of holding global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius. When scientists talk about that temperature goal, they generally mean a longer-term average over, say, two decades in order to root out the influence of natural variability. Many world leaders have insisted on the 1.5 degree limit to keep the risks of climate change to tolerable levels, but nations have delayed so long in making the monumental changes necessary to achieve this goal, such as drastically cutting fossil fuel emissions, that scientists now think the world will probably exceed that threshold around the early 2030s. That's less than 10 years, my friends. So that's cool. That made me feel really good. Really good. In other depressing news, but out of the climate corner at least, uh... Jeffrey Epstein's victims made some more money because his wrath is never-ending. Deutsche Bank has agreed. Is that how you say that? Deutsche? Am I saying that right? I It came out of my mouth and I was like, I'm not certain that's how you say it. Deutsche Bank has agreed to pay $75 million to sexual abuse victims of Jeffrey Epstein to settle a lawsuit filed last year in Manhattan, according to the lawyers for the victims. The settlement, which must be approved by a federal judge, would resolve a proposed class action suit that alleged the bank had helped enable the disgraced financiers' sex trafficking of young women by missing warning signs in Mr. Epstein's accounts that he was engaged in wrongdoing. Later in this article, they reveal that he had been working with JP Morgan as his banker and they decided to stop doing business with him because of how shady he was. You got to be really shady for a bank to be like, nah, we're good. You can keep your money. <laughs> I mean, we knew this, but like, wow. Um, his lawyer or the lawyers of the victims say that this groundbreaking settlement is the culmination of two law firms conducting more than a decade long investigation to hold one of Epstein's financial banking partners responsible for the role it played in facilitating his trafficking organization. And this is like an ongoing thing. His estate established a restitution fund. Like, you know, there's been a lot of victims when you have to establish a fund. A fund. And they have paid out more than $125 million to his victims. And they're a separate $20 million settlement. Plus this settlement with Deutsche Bank. It closes another chapter in its relationship with Mr. Epstein, which began in 2013 and continued up to the late 2018. In 2020, the bank, bank based in Frankfurt agreed to pay $150 million to New York regulators to settle claims that the bank repeatedly overlooked suspicious transactions involving Mr. Epstein and ignored obvious red flags about his activities. Oy, 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 oy. If you want me to cover some positive news, you're going to have to send it to me because I don't see it. I can't, I can't tell you what doesn't exist. <laughs> okay, this is positive news. They got some money. All right? Look on the bright side. Look on the bright side. All right. Um, let's see. Hey, this is positive news for you. So um, Biden and McCarthy are working on a deal on the debt ceiling. After a month's long standoff, the Democratic president and the Speaker of the House on Tuesday agreed to negotiate directly on a deal. An agreement needs to be reached and passed by both chambers of Congress before the federal government runs out of money to pay its bills as soon as June 1st, which is in like less than two weeks. Great. To be clear, this negotiation is about the outlines of the budget, not about whether or not we're going to pay our debts. Biden said the leaders of Congress have all agreed we will not default. Every leader has said that. Like, okay, 
then do it. <laughs> the positive news is that we have each other. Great. Oh, I highlighted something else. Oh, yeah. Okay. So there's this other stuff. Negotiators are aiming to hammer out an agreement before Biden's scheduled return to Washington on Sunday. Then they'd have to act swiftly before the June 1st deadline. McCarthy said the House would vote first on any deal before sending it to the Senate, which Biden's Democrats control by a 51 to 49 margin for approval. Senate rules would require at least nine Republicans to go along with any deal. So I'm skeptical. <laughs> But also the the calamity that would happen if we don't raise the debt ceiling is like the debt ceiling that doesn't exist. It's fake. It's a fake thing that we made up like 100 years ago. It doesn't need to be happening. It's, it's not in the Constitution. We don't need to be doing this. Um, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, the, the calamity that would happen would lose a lot of Republicans a lot of money. And that that little fact makes me feel a little bit better. Like, OK. These assholes at least stand to lose a lot of money if they don't get their shit together. So as with all things, fingers crossed that they continue to be motivated by the money in their pockets. So then there's this little thing, little pesky thing. Negotiations are continuing over the longevity of any deal. Work requirements for aid programs for the poor, including food subsidies and spending caps. The work requirement discussions focus on the SNAP benefits, food stamps, and the temporary assistance for needy families program. Um... Blah, blah, blah. Biden has previously said that he would not be open to discussions of work requirements for the Medicaid health insurance program for low-income Americans. He told reporters on Wednesday that he would not accept any work requirement changes that would affect recipients' health needs. Um, McCarthy defended conservatives' call for work requirements, saying they would help the economy and boost the workforce and vowed to exclude any discussion of taxes. So, like, this is like... If you want to receive SNAP benefits or something, then you have to have a job. It's this kind of ongoing discussion we've had since the 80s, 70s, really, about, you know, welfare queens. So it's basically a, a way to ensure that anyone who's seeking benefits also is working, which doesn't make sense because a lot of people who have those benefits can't work like Again, it just it it follows this narrative of like people are taking advantage of the system. They're doing it so that they don't have to work. Welfare queens. When in reality, the system is incredibly underutilized. Some states it's it's well utilized, but in most states, the the system benefits like SNAP, etc., incredibly underutilized. Like people who are eligible are not utilizing the system. Um, because it's so shameful in this country because people are so fucking weird about it. But like just helping people anyway. So anyway, but positive news is they're working, they're gonna, they're gonna come together. They're gonna meet, they're gonna discuss. All right. You do not already have to have a job to qualify for SNAP. Um, because there are many different circumstances where it would, you would qualify. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Um, oh yeah. Great. More bad news. <laughs> Pen America, Penguin Random House have sued a Florida school district over book bans. I guess that's fun news. That's good news. Okay, writers group Pen America and publisher Penguin Random House sued a Florida school district on Wednesday over its removal of books about race and LGBTQ identities. The federal lawsuit alleges the Escambia County School District and its school board are violating the First Amendment through the removal of 10 books from library shelves. Censorship in the form of book bans like those enacted by Escambia County are a direct threat to democracy and our constitutional rights, says the CEO of Penguin Random House. Pen America, which has tracked school book bans, advocates for literary freedoms and has a membership of 7,500 writing professionals, including authors whose books have been removed. Penguin Random House, a massive publisher, has published books that have been removed. So basically, that's like they have standing to bring this lawsuit because Pen America has a membership of writing professionals, including authors whose books have been removed and Penguin's House books have been removed. So they have standing to bring this lawsuit because they are being injured, according to them. Uh, yeah, the lawsuit says the removals stem from objections from one singular language arts teacher. One language arts teacher in the county is just submitting objection after objection to random books. 
And in each case, the school board voted to remove the books over recommendations from a district review committee that deemed them educationally suitable. So one language arts teacher is like, nah, this is dirty. And then they have a whole committee reviewing it. And the committee's like, it's probably fine. And then the school board's like, nah, let's remove it. The teacher's formal objections to books appear to draw on materials compiled by a website that creates reports on books it deems ideologically unsuitable for children. In one example cited in the lawsuit, the teacher admitted that she had never heard of the book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower. She's like, I'm sorry, you're a language arts teacher and you've never heard of the book, The Perks of Being a Wallflower? That's, you're just bad at your job. Um, but he, but she filed an objection to the to, objection form to the novel that contains specific excerpts and phrasing from the book band website. So it's just like, it's clear that she's just found this website and is just copying and pasting and objection and objecting to these books, even though she doesn't even know what, what is in them. In Escambia County, state censors are spiriting books off shelves in a deliberate attempt to suppress diverse voices. In a nation built on free speech, this cannot stand. Um, said the CEO of PEN America, the law demands that the Escambia County School District put removed or restricted books back on library shelves where they belong. So it's a First Amendment issue, basically. A mess. Okay. And look, this is good news. Here's some happy news. We love this. In a historic step, strippers at an L.A. bar are poised to unionize. Like, yes. Yes, we love to see this. We love to see this. They've been working for a year. It's a topless dive bar in Los Angeles. God bless. They're close to becoming the only unionized group of strippers in the U.S. Um, so the place is called the Star Garden Topless Dive Bar in L.A. Um, and the they've withdrawn all election challenges and have agreed to recognize the union. This is after a 15-month battle between the North Hollywood Club and the group of dancers who are seeking higher compensation and safer workplace conditions, including better security, to protect them from belligerent patrons. Seems reasonable. The NLRB has to certify the union election vote before Stargarden employees can unionize and enter collective bargaining with management. Once certified, which the board is expected to do, the strippers will join the Actors' Equity Association, a union that represents more than 51,000 actors and stage managers. A formal vote is scheduled for Thursday. That's today. We're looking forward to having a productive relationship with the club that benefits dancers and also helps the club to thrive. Reagan, a Star Garden dancer who said she'd been fired after voicing her safety concerns with management, said in a statement, this has been a long, exhausting fight, which is why this victory is so sweet. Dancers at the dive bar said they were locked out of their workplace starting on March 2022 after raising health and safety concerns with management in a petition. That looks bad. That looks bad when your employers are like, hey, here's a petition about how fucking disgusting this place is. And they're like, meh, locking you out. The dancers who previously spoke to NPR described a lack of any COVID-19 precautions, patrons filming them without consent, and hazardous stage conditions. I don't know what hazardous stage conditions mean. Probably like rickety. Maybe they're leaving banana peels on the stage, slipping and sliding everywhere. You can't work like that. For the following eight months, the strippers and their supporters picketed weekly in front of Star Garden on the bar's busiest nights. Each night was a party. The locked out strippers were th wore themed costumes, put on runway shows, and encouraged people to go to other strip clubs and like now now this is picketing for the 21st century please hire strippers for your next picketing event because that's really how you get your message out put on a damn show look at these people amazing you love to see it strippers united there's a stripper pole in the middle come on that's some good branding that's some good branding. So let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, the Star Garden campaign is part of a wider national push among employees to unionize their workplaces. We've seen this. I made a video about this. While other groups of strippers have organized efforts to form a union, the last group to successfully unionize was the workers at the Lusty Lady in 1996 before the establishment closed in 2013. RIP to the Lusty Lady. But I believe that these strippers are the future of unionizing in America. Inspiring. Inspiring. It's giving mother. 
All right. <sighs> That's all I got. We've we've gone way over. I, I, what did I tell you? It's been like chaos in the news today. I, I felt I had so many things. Oh, no. I didn't realize half my plant was covered up by this. Anyway, there's been so many things going on that I felt compelled to tell you about. So thank you for hanging in there for this extra long live stream. In Consumption Corner, I um, have been watching. Oh, I binged the new Queer Eye season. Got some nice tears out of that. You love to see it. And that has been fun. I'm continuing to read The Color of Law. I have read it and I'm rereading it. And there's like, I have a million things that I have to say about it. And my new video this week is about it, about segregation and the history of segregation in America. It was supposed to come out yesterday, but I've been struggling this week. So I'm hoping it'll come out tomorrow or this weekend. But it is in the works. And I apologize for the delay. And thank you for being patient with me. All right. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I will be back. So keep an eye out for that new edited video. And then I'll be back again next week with another edited video. And also this live stream, same time, same place, 10.30 a.m. Thursday mornings. I am going to try to get this thing turned into a podcast as well. I mean, I have the podcast exists, but I haven't been posting them as podcasts. So I'm going to try to be more consistent about posting them as podcasts. So keep an eye out for that if that's something that you would be interested in. Okay. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Live with Lija. Catch me live over on YouTube every Thursday at 1030 a.m. Central Time or listen in podcast form every Thursday afternoon. See you next time, you dirty little rascal.